0: And I wasn't going to lie to him, but I I knew that I wanted this so badly and that I really just needed someone to give me my first chance to prove that I could do this to myself and to other people, right? Because imposter syndrome is a real thing.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Startup Show. I'm your host, Adam Vasquez. Glad to be back. Glad to have you guys. Thank you for listening. I know it's been a little while. Uh, Hopefully now... As we head into the fall, we'll get into a little bit more of a normal cadence. A lot of stuff going on over here at the Startup Show and at Stratfire, um, and I'm sure we'll get into that in a future episode. But today, we've got a really fun episode for you guys. I'm really excited about this. This is with a friend of mine that uh, I got to meet uh, on the internet. Actually, I've never met her in real real life, but met on the internet. We were both uh, guests of a another podcast, and I heard her episode and knew that I needed to talk to her more. As a result, her name is Anna Goddard, and uh, she has built a six-figure business over the course of about three years, uh, paying herself six figures, and also you know, has employees and has built a really, really uh, incredible copywriting business and, and ghostwriting business. Um, that I think is just fascinating the way that she's gone about it, the, uh, the, the ups and the downs that she's been able to weather and the lessons that she's learned as a result. And so I'm really excited to share this conversation with you guys. Uh, we recorded this a little, a little bit, uh, while back in the summer and uh, I'm excited for you guys to hear it today. So no extras, no speeches today without further ado, let's dive into the show with Anna Goddard. All right, we've got Anna Goddard here on the show. Thanks for joining us, Anna.
0: Thanks for having me. Excited to be here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Anna and I first got connected when we were, through a mutual friend, uh, both guests on his podcast. And I heard uh, Anna's episode was was before mine. I heard her episode and was just so intrigued by your story and by, um, the career that you've built and, uh, and immediately wanted to have you on, uh, our, our podcast here. So really, really thankful to have you on. Um, and I gave the audience a quick background on, on who you are, but you just have such a great story and, and, uh, unique way that you've carved out a career, um, for yourself. Maybe just give us a little bit of, of that background in your own words.
0: Absolutely. So I knew pretty young that I wanted to be a writer. I knew I wanted to go to school for writing. I just, even in middle school, high school, I knew that. And so I went to school for writing, you know, of course you learn about like the creative nonfiction and how to write a short story and things like that. And I knew that getting out, even going to get an MFA or anything like that, it was going to be very hard to have a sustainable career in that field in storytelling obviously Mm -hmm. people do it but it's very difficult to do um so I knew early on I was going to try to find something kind of like copywriting even though I didn't really know what that meant if I could find a way to do ghostwriting, content marketing again all of these were kind of very vague terms to me I sort of knew what they meant a little bit but not really all the depth that went into it well I figured a good place to start would be blogging Um, Because I was trying so hard to, I was applying for every writing job, you know, nine to five jobs that I could find when I got out of college, but I had really no real experience. So no one was going to hire me. So I was like, well, let's, let's do this, right? I'll write some samples, write some blog posts or an article here or there, like local papers, anything to have a sample of writing I can show to someone and say, look, I've been published. Um, so that's what I did, and I I got on Craigslist because that was the only place I knew to go, and I was able to find a quick little gig there, and it was it paid fifteen dollars for two thousand words wow. writing about SEO, and I the guy was like, wow, so do you know anything about SEO? And I was like, no, but I can figure it out. You know, I wasn't gonna lie to him, but I I knew that I wanted this so badly. And then I really just needed someone to give me my first chance to prove that I could do this to myself and to other people, right? Because imposter syndrome's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wrote for them off and on like one post for a year. And I remember being so excited because it was, it was real paid work. Um, of course you make pennies on the hour. Um, <laughs> but then I was able to leverage that into writing for a marketer and it still wasn't very much money, but it was consistent and that was about the time I left my job. I'd had a full-time job at K Jewelers, um, and I was like, you know what? I really think I can do this, even though I really only had a couple clients here and there, and they were kind of coming through Upwork at that point. But I was like, I think I can do this. We're really going to... I'm never going to try if I don't jump all the way in. Sure. And so I was doing that, and then he'd had me write an article on Social Media Examiner, and then Max, from Ad Espresso found me and hired me to write for them. And then eventually, Social Media Examiner came back around and was like, We'd like you to be a regular contributor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then slowly, my clients who worked with me, a couple people would find me through the articles, but really it was a lot of people referring me to their friends, their colleagues, their business partners, saying, She's actually really great to work with. Go ahead and hire her. Like, you can trust her. She'll be discreet if you want ghostwriting. Um and so I just focused more and more and more on that I eventually left Upwork altogether um and have since then been really focusing on growing my business obviously raising my rates from the $15 I suppose, <laughs>
1: um
0: and just really loving my job every day it's been great
1: Yeah that's such a great story I think I think there's so many things that definitely resonate with me but um uh, probably with with most people listening like the imposter syndrome and and then the way that you um, kind of battled through that and found ways to uh, to create artifacts of success. Like, I love that you just went out and started selling these these blogs and these articles um, to other folks. When when you were doing so, you were working. You said full time at um, was it K Jewelers or a jewel jewelry store? Yeah,
0: yeah. I okay. was a um, I went from part time to full time to third key when I was at
1: K Jewelers, but not in writing. Right? You were just working like at a at an actual store?
0: I was a sales associate, yeah, which okay. actually I think gave me a lot of really valuable background because I learned how to sell without being too aggressive. Sure. Which I think is something that's important for business owners to know how to do.
1: Oh, a thousand percent. And I I think it also speaks to a lot of times I you know People get caught up in, and I get caught up in the romanticism of starting your Mm -hmm. own business. You know, working for yourself, just figuring it out, quote unquote. Which, of course, you have to do. Um, But I just, I'm reading this book called Originals right now. I can't remember the author's name, Um, but he talks Mm -hmm. he talks at length about the amount of folks who find success just just leaving their job or or not getting a job to begin with, and going after quote unquote their dream versus folks who like you pay their bills through a job and, and, you know, really hone their craft, um, as they're doing so. And, and then when the time is right, sort of launch out. So I think that's super, super interesting and valuable for, for people who are trying to figure that, um, figure that path out right now.
0: Absolutely. And I will say, you know, for what it's worth, when I left K Jewelers, I was making not that much money. I was, you know, as a freelancer I was making not enough to pay my bills, maybe two, three hundred dollars a month. Okay. It was not much. But I also kinda yeah, so that's just full disclosure. So I kind of knew at that point though that, you know, I was ready for a change and I sort of felt like if I don't jump a little bit, Mm -hmm. it's never I'm never really gonna see what happens at that point. And I had actually taken another job but I had actually ended up leaving within two weeks, which goes against my entire personality because I felt that the, um, the manager was a little bit verbally abusive, not so nice swearing at me. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) And so, but so that, and that was where for a little while I thought about it and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and jump into the writing. I know I'm good at this. I know I can do this. I'm going to work harder than anybody else. Mm. And I'm going to find a way to make it work. Yeah. And you know, it ended up, it did work. And I think
1: persistence is a really big part of that. Yeah. So it's worked out and you've now built this business. Um, and I think the, the thing that attracted or caught my attention when I first heard your story was the fact that you had built this freelance business into a six figure annual business in, in not a whole lot of time. I mean, how, how many years have you been, have you been doing this now? It's been a little bit, but it's not like you've been doing this for decades. Um, how long have you been?
0: About three years.
1: Three years. So yeah. And, um, that's just such an impressive, uh, impressive story. So, um, yeah, I guess, I guess walk us through going from that making 15 bucks an hour, writing Craigslist, uh, you you know, taking Craigslist jobs to now running a a six figure business with, you know, a team and and things that you have rolling. Um, how did that, what did that look like? So
0: a big part of it was, obviously, you're going to raise your rates, right? As soon as I started to figure out, okay, you know what, people are coming to me, because they like my writing. So that means that I should be charging more for this. And I did a lot of research online about what you can charge for blog posts. um, And so that was a big part of it. I started letting clients know early on, just like, hey, if you need me for extra work, I'm here. And if you happen to send somebody my way, you know, I have some extra time. Mm. Let me know. I'll give you a discount on your next invoice. Um, Even though I really wasn't in a position to lose any money, you know, at that point early on, still very hard to pay my bills. I looked at it as it's an investment, right? I looked at Mm. all of this as it's an investment. I don't care if I work seven days a week, 12 hour days, it's an investment to get to where I want and it's worth making. Um, and so I just kind of kept doing that and slowly my client, you know, the list of clients got bigger and bigger. Um, I made sure to optimize my website. That was a really big thing. You know, I got the professional pictures that looked really good. I hired a good designer, um, business cards, everything. And it was one of those things that even though I really didn't have the money at the time, I spared no expense. I was clicking coupons for everything else. But I was like, for my business, whatever I need to pay is what we're going to pay to Mm. make it work because, after a certain point, people aren't going to pay you if you don't look like you already have money a little bit. Um, you know, you just have to put on that impression of I am a professional. I do approach this as a business. I have good clients. I'm doing well. And so I kind of embraced that and was like, I'm going to make sure. You know, I know I can do this. So I'm going to make sure it looks like I know I can do this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so once
0: you kind of had all those little factors put together, and you know, the SEO optimized, I was active on LinkedIn everything slowly started to get busier and busier. And now I have wait lists and people are still willing to wait for me. Um, You know, they put down payments and they wait and yeah. And a big part of it too, I think was, you know, just slowly growing was kind of the first part. But then after that, once you've had this growth, it's kind of, okay, now how can I optimize this the best way possible? How can I maximize my productivity in a way that's going to yield the most income, the most you know, in a way that I'm going to personally enjoy the most. I'm not gonna to wanna to rip my own hair out because I'm working a lot. Sure. Um, and I know that you had just had an episode not too long ago where um, I can't remember her name, but she had spoken a lot about productivity and I was listening to that um, oh, I think yeah. last week.
1: Jocelyn and Jocelyn Blay.
0: Yeah. It, yes, yes. It resonated a lot with me because for me, I a big goal for me very early on was how can I work so smarter, not harder. Mm. So I've structured my schedule in a way that I figured out that I get more done if I break down my schedule into different types of tasks and I only have one copywriting slot a day and then two blog posts. I get more done that way than if I would have you know, only tried to get two copywriting things done. It's just the way I personally function.
1: Sure.
0: So by optimizing my schedule and kind of leveraging relationships I already had, um, and then, you know, everything else that kind of falls into place with people finding me through Google, through other sites that I write for, um, all the referrals, everything slowly adds up to something where I stay very busy and very profitable. And I'm very fortunate for that.
1: Yeah. Time blocking, I feel like is. I, I just had a meeting this week with a um aspirational marketer one a young uh, college student hoping to build his own marketing business and we literally spent the entire time talking about time blocking and i think that's such an effective tool when used correctly obviously uh, and there's a way to go about doing that but to to build your business and to build a career especially when you don't have the constraint of an office or a boss you know in your in your business mm-hmm. specifically it can be easy to kind of um, languish at times or just, you know, mistakenly, um, misuse time. So I think that's such a, such an important, um, thing. I also love that you said you, you reinvested your time and your money back into your business, but you mentioned that, uh, you wanted to do so in order to get to this, you know, kind of like a dream state. Like you had a very specific picture of what you wanted your business to look like or what you wanted your life to look like. Um, and so you were able to reinvest your, your money and your time and etc. for for that. What 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 is that? If you don't mind me asking, like, what is it that you wanted to reach? Is it just uh, a certain lifestyle or, or, or business type? Or I'm just curious.
0: Yeah. So I know I wanted to. I knew that the audience I was targeting because I had figured out early on that these were the clients that were going to be, in most cases, the best to work with. They were going to pay the best. Um, I was going to be able to do very good work for them. All of those factors were going to be people who own their own businesses. I knew that up front. And so that I I knew that I wasn't going to be working necessarily with someone who was looking for somebody maybe kind of quirky, the way you associate with most writers are or very artistic. I needed to look like a business person. And I needed to look like a business person who you would trust with writing your life story. You know, I do write, I ghost write some books for people or, you know, people who you're going to trust with large amounts of money upfront because they require upfront deposits, mm-hmm. um, and that you're going to trust to actually get the job done. So I wanted that very. I wanted to be approachable, but I also wanted to look very professional. I wanted to look like I knew what I was doing because I knew that I did. Um, and so all of that was so important to me. And you know, I've had so many people tell me that they find me through Google. And they say, yeah, I looked at maybe 10 different sites and yours looked the best. So mm-hmm. that's why we're on this call right now. Yeah. So the little things like that, it doesn't make a difference. It's hard. It is hard to find the money. I know that better than anyone. <laughs> um, you know, I was really struggling for a while there, but I knew that that was the only way I was going to make it work in a field that's as competitive as content writing and copywriting is. I had to do something that was going to make me different.
1: Sure. Man, I love that. So, since then, you've you've um, grown your business. You've uh, you know brought on team members and things like that. What do you think has been one of your, or what would you suggest as your best tool for client growth over this? I mean, that's rapid growth over three years from <laughs> from fifteen dollars. And like you said, obviously what? your price going up. But but any like. You know, is it just um your own your own writing? Is it anything on social media that you found effective? What have you done to to be able to grow your um client base?
0: So there's really two big factors that have brought a lot of people to me. The first one is my own writing. You know, it helps that now I'm on sites like Social Media Examiner and Shopify and Ad Espresso and Agorapulse, all these really big sites on a regular basis. Sure. That does send people to me. Um, but really the big thing where I have the most, you know, the best leads who come to me already kind of knowing what they're going to pay, they already kind of know how I'm going to work and that they want to work with me. Um, those are people that come to me from clients I already have. And I do have a system in place that my clients know about that if you send me someone and they hire me for at least one project, even if it's a relatively small one, you get 10% off your next invoice. Mm. I have clients who maybe their invoice will be two or $3,000. That's a pretty big savings once you start adding right. that up. Um, and so that incentivizes them to do it. But of course, at the end of the day, they're not going to send someone to me if they don't, you know, they don't want to sell you their own name. So it's something that works very well. They do have the incentive, um, but it's not going to, like you
1: drive know, override MD common leads. sense. Yeah, yeah. So every,
0: Yeah. So it's a win-win for everyone involved. And I really think that makes a really big difference as well. Just saying like, look, I'm open to work right now. If you know anyone else, you know, I'm going to prioritize you. You were here first, but I have some time. Send somebody my way and I'll give you a little bit of a, you know, a bump off the next invoice. Uh, It's worked really well for me. And I tell people all the time Mm -hmm. to do that all the time. And anytime that you have you know, lag in your schedule, anything, reach out to the old clients who, even if they haven't worked with you in six months, a year, two years, just say, Hey, I was thinking about you. If you wouldn't mind. And the tactic I always use is um, "If you wouldn't mind leaving me a review on LinkedIn. I want it to be honest, but whatever you say, I'll give you 10% off your next invoice. Mm. Normally I don't not only get the review, but I also get you know, they'll hire me for more work. So they're like, Oh, well now that, you know, you're here and I'm thinking about it, I could use you for this ebook or site copy or something.
1: There you go.
0: Yeah. So it's one of those things that you have to leverage and not in a bad way, but you know, stay in touch with Mm -hmm. the people who've helped you get to where you are so far, because they'll help you get even further.
1: Yeah. I love that. I think it's just thinking of your business as a business. It's, it's so easy for us sometimes to, when we're those of us that are running small companies to just think, okay, I'll just figure it out. I'll just do it. I'll just, I'll, 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 and what the, the approach that you're taking is basically you've set up like a Starbucks rewards program, um, for your customers, and just (laughs) you know, having a a real referral program that a business would have. Uh, and, and like you said, when you act like a business and you present yourself as such, um, that work comes in. So I I love that, uh, as a, a method, methodology to, to running your company. Um, well, and I, I really appreciate you, you coming on and, and taking the time to, uh, to talk with us, um, before we go, what, what would you, we have, uh, a fair, fair, fairly good amount. Sorry, I can't talk of, uh, of young marketers, younger folks, um, or people who maybe have been doing the work for a while, but, but you know, want to, want to start their own business or want to get started. Um, What would your biggest piece of advice be to someone who's listening that is trying to kind of get a career going in this area?
0: I would actually say, and I'm sure lots of people would disagree with me, and it's something that I think has helped me move forward very quickly. One of the best things you can do in this field, in all seriousness, is going to be just get rid of the ego a little bit. Um, and that's going to affect a lot of different things. It's going to make you work harder because you don't feel like anybody owes you anything because at the end of the day, they don't, nobody owes anyone else, anything, especially someone new in the career who has yet to prove themselves. Um, it's also going to make you, you know, you're going to work harder. You're going to try harder to get those jobs. Um, you know, continue your education. I still do. I'm so busy and I still take, my goal is to take three different certifications or courses, every year about online marketing, writing something, um, you know, at the end of the day, no matter how far you get, you can never just be satisfied with what you have or think, well, it'll happen eventually. Nothing's going to happen unless you make it happen. And to do that, you really have to work hard for other people and remember that it's not just about you. Um, but that what you can help them with for their business, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. their own life. Um, I mean, you kind of put those pieces together and you remember, you know, be willing to do the revisions if it's needed. Be willing to, if you really need to get your foot in the door, work for a little less for mm-hmm. the first one. It will be an investment. You have to look at it like that. and You know, you don't want to do that forever, but if that's what it takes to kind of get your foot in the door, speaking from experience, it's very worth it
1: love that. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing with us and thanks for, um, taking the time. Good luck with your, your business as you keep driving it forward. If folks want to connect with you or, or kind of follow what you're doing, what's the best way for them to, to do so?
0: The best way is really going to be, um, come find me on my site, com. I am pretty awful at my own social media because okay. I spend so much time on other people's social media um, but there is a link to my Twitter there, which you can typically catch a feed of stuff that I'm writing for other people.
1: Cool, and that's a n a g o t t e r dot com, right? Yes. Perfect. One a. cool. We'll that check. Check that out, guys. Um, thank you so much, Anna, for for joining the show, and um, we we appreciate you coming on.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thank you so much, Anna, for coming on and sharing those insights and stories with us. Guys, I hope you see the theme that I've taken away from this summer is just uh, the willingness and the grit that it takes sometimes to just kind of get up and and make you know your business, your idea, whatever happen, and we've seen it now with Anna. We've seen it with our lap last episode, Eric Jacobson, just uh, uh, creating some work for Tim Ferriss, a pretty well-known podcaster, and just making it happen. And um, our next episode with a guy named Dennis Brown is going to be a great example of that as well. Uh, we will get that episode out to you next week. Very excited to share that conversation with you. Uh, Dennis built a huge logistics company and. Um, Very excited to learn and to share the lessons that we learn together with you. Thank you guys so much for hanging on with us and for listening. Uh, We're excited to be back. Hope you are too. Have a great weekend, everybody, and get started.